Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International, and welcome to my podcast. This is another podcast that's going to be a little bit longer, and again, it kind of falls under uh, expat in Thailand and international investor, and it's going to be longer because it's such a it's such a frequently asked question that I get, and I can't answer it in just 10 minutes. Uh, so this is going to be a longer podcast. And that one question that I get all the time from a lot of individuals that are listening to my podcast, watching my videos, uh, looking and planning on retiring in a place like Thailand, which is, well, I don't meet your minimum. And, I, and again, I'm just paraphrasing for the generality of the questions I get. Well, I can't meet your minimum of of a million dollars in real estate purchases, but how, what would you suggest and what would you recommend as far as planning goes for my future if I want to retire in Thailand? And these are individuals in their 20s, in their late 20s, 30s. Actually, the vast majority of the individuals that listen to my podcast are between, let's see, I think it's like uh, 27 to 35 or 37. So you're basically millennials. And I do get uh, individuals that are baby boomers and also Gen Xers in their 40s and early 50s that just want to get an idea of how should you plan for your future if you are, if you have a small budget. And the small budget I'm going to talk about today is between fifty dollars to $100,000. So right now, if I were in my late 20s, early 30s, or even if I was in my mid-50s and I had 50 to $100,000, what would I do with that? You know, most people or most, should I say, any broker that just are sitting in a branch of a bank would say, hey, invest in equities, invest in equities, Uh, put it into an index fund, put it into some fund and just let it sit Set it and forget it, and then when you're ready to tire, you can draw on it. But majority of you listening to this are already somewhat financially savvy. You have already been maxing out in your 401k. You may also have an IRA, self-directed IRA. Uh, you are already investing, maybe, or have been investing in equities. Maybe you have invested in index funds or even individual equities like Apple or Google or whatever it may be. And then now you have an additional fifty to $100,000 and you're thinking, what should I do? For me, there's a reason why I've always preferred a tangible asset like real estate as opposed to equities. Because, and again, my background is an equity manager. That's what I did when I worked in a major financial institution managing close to a billion dollars in assets. Uh, we basically work with very affluent people. Uh, and our minimum was $5 million to uh, come into our group. And we'll place their money mostly in fixed income, which are bonds, income generating bonds, and other financial instruments like at the time hedge funds were really cool. They were just getting popular and other type of funds. But the problem is, well, n- let me rephrase this. Actually, it is a problem. People are very off balance when it comes down to their financial portfolio. What I mean by that is the average person 
uh, has a home, one home, which still has a huge balance on it. Uh, so they're going to be paying off for the next 30 years. And depending on your spending habits, if you're the type of person that constantly does cash out refis to build a new pool, build an extension, uh, buy a new car, buy some, you know, some other crap, uh, you're just extending the loan on your home and it'll never be paid off. Or the average American would never pay off their home. The average, yeah, the average Westerner would never pay off their home. Where the average Asian tends to pay cash for their home or would pay off their home, pay off their mortgage as soon as they can. It's their number, it's basically within Asian culture, it's our number one goal. Buy a home, pay cash with it, or pay it off as soon as you can. But in the Western culture, it's, it's very different. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why Western financial education is extremely poor. And that's why so many Westerners, especially Americans, are extremely poor is because they tend to accrue debt because debt is easy to accrue. And I like real estate because it's a tangible asset. I'm not relying on the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, or Richard Branson to make my financial decisions for me. Yes, Apple is a great company. And I tell people, it's like, okay, if you are going to invest in equities, buy stocks, invest in companies that are going to be the future of AI. Uh, for an example, like Google and like Apple. Uh, invest in those type of, uh, and, and Microsoft, they're great companies to invest in. But there are many instances throughout history where big, strong companies where you never think would go bankrupt have been belly up. WorldCom, Enron, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, Washington Mutual Bank, you never imagine companies like this would go bankrupt. I mean, 30 years ago, would you ever imagine Sears would be in the position it is today? No, you would never imagine that. Just like you would never imagine a company like Netflix. So obviously things are always changing, but real estate doesn't change. You buy real estate, you can touch it, feel it, you can control it, you can live in it, you can upgrade to it, you can downgrade to it, you can rent it out, you can trade it. It's a hard and tangible asset. It's an asset that you can live in. You can't live in an equity. You buy Apple shares and you're homeless, you can't go knocking on Apple in Silicon Valley and say, hey, can I move in? No, you can't do that. And you have no control over it. So for those of you that's listening to this right now, if you have fifty dollars to $100,000, whether it came from a bonus, uh, maybe you landed a big, huge contract, what I would say is, don't put it back into investing into more equities, buying more, you know, buying more stocks or putting it into an index fund. Instead, what I suggest is planning for your future. So for an example, there's been so many articles and so many instances where analyst after analyst, article after article, uh, consumer after consumer, brings up a question of, I'm X and X years old, I have a million dollars, and I don't think I have enough money to retire. You see these articles all the time, all the time, from Money Magazine to people like Susie Ormond talking about this stuff. Americans, or just Westerners in general, don't have enough money for retirement. 
So for, let's say right now, you're in your late 20s and early 30s. You're balling. You're doing great. But are you going to be in the same position when you're 55, 65, 70 years old? At the way you're spending, most likely you're not. So what I tell people is, is that, and this is what I've created, what I call my plan Z. It's a financial plan that will protect you regardless of what happens to the world economy, to your local economy, to your financial future, you will somehow still have a roof over your head. And that's really what people fail to do time and time again. And unfortunately, in the United States, or in North America, in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, especially in Australia and New Zealand, Fifty to $100,000 buys you nothing. You could buy, in Australia, you could buy dirt somewhere in the outback. Uh, I don't even know what you can buy in New Zealand, probably just some dirt lot. In the United States, fifty dollars to $100,000, uh, you can buy some rundown shack in Detroit in the worst neighborhood, but you still have to dump in another $100,000 to refurb that home and living in a place that would be uh, not exactly a safe place to live. So really, at that price point, there's nothing. So what most people do is, okay, well, I'm just going to buy more stocks with it. Or I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go buy cryptocurrency. I have another option for you. Buy something here in Thailand. So for example, if you are looking at your financial future, let's just say you're just middle class. And you're making... A salary or your business generates you anywhere from, I don't know, 50 to 65, maybe $70,000. The sad thing is if you live in a place like San Francisco, living in one of these expensive cities in the States or living, living in London or Sydney or Auckland, you know, making $300,000 into half a million dollars, uh, that still puts you kind of middle class. But if you're in that middle class and you are savvy enough to look into your future five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And you really want to prepare for any ups and downs because nobody has a crystal ball. You, your, your business can go up in flames through a fire. There can be embezzlement. Uh, you can create a product uh, that is faulty and someone dies and you get sued and your company is, goes bankrupt. You can go through a divorce. Uh, anything can happen in your financial future where you have lost everything. And I've seen that many, many times. And this is a very common failure of millionaires time and time again. When you talk to many people that have made multiple millions, they will tell you in one lifetime or another, they have lost everything. I'm in that boat. At one time in my lifetime, I almost did lose everything during that crash of, from 07 to 2010. Had to rebuild everything because we make stupid mistakes. But very few learn from it. Many people just keep making the same mistakes, financial mistakes over and over again. But the one thing that nobody ever talks about and no financial consultant ever talks about is having a plan Z to cover you when things just go south 
and it's completely unexpected. When it comes down to a hard time like that, when you've lost everything, what's the most, what is the one necessity that we all need? We need a roof over our head. You don't want to live in your car. You don't want to crash in your friend's couch. You don't want to live in someone's garage. You don't want to live into a, in a shelter. And you sure as heck don't want to live in the streets. You need a roof over your head. And fifty to $100,000 cannot put a roof over your head because in Western countries, that's non-existent. But Thailand, it's a reality. Fifty to hundred thousand dollars will buy you one or a one-bedroom condo or a studio in a great location, whether it's somewhere in Bangkok or one of the beach cities. Even if you're not planning on retiring five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen, twenty years from now, but you have an asset that's free and clear that is affordable. What I mean by affordable, it's not buying a $150,000 condo in some crummy rundown city in America, but still the association dues per month for that condo is maybe $200 to $300 a month. That really doesn't pay for anything. That's still unaffordable because if you're homeless, if you lost everything, that money needs to go towards food. <laughs> but in Thailand... If you have an asset that's free and clear, so let's just make numbers easy. Let's say a studio condo fully furnished in one of the beach cities that you paid $75,000 for. But you're not, re- you're not planning on retiring five years from now or even 10 years from now. Well, that condo can serve as a second home, as a vacation home. It can also serve as rental income because you can rent out that $75,000 condo, depending again on location, anywhere from $150 to $300 a month. But the main thing is, is the upkeep is reasonable. Association dues for something like that is only $20 a month you pay annually. That's affordable. I mean, you, you spend $20 on two drinks at a bar or three drinks at a bar. I'm, shocked at how expensive it is to go to bars now I mean I remember the last time I was in Vegas I think about a year ago had some friends in town and uh, we we went to a bar and oh my god three drinks cost me like 40 bucks freaking insane 40 bucks 40 bucks in Thailand that I, I can my wife can eat for like a week <laughs> and that's the other thing too is this plan Z not just as a as a cushion should you lose everything and you can have a home, you can have a roof over your head that's affordable. Where you can even if you have no money, you can still scrounge up enough money to pay for your association dues, such as $20 a month, your utilities, your water, your cell phone, all that stuff would be maybe another $20 to $30 a month. I mean, just in the States, could you imagine just your cell phone bill is like $50 to $60 a month. Here, cable TV and cell phone is about 10 bucks a month, 10 to 15 bucks a month. Water, $3 a month. Gas, 3 to $4 a month. 
It just, it's nothing. And then food. Food is obviously very important. When you see this pandemic, when we've seen over this pandemic, when you see Americans in these food lines, and the question is, they have is, okay, what do I do? Do I pay rent? Do I pay my car payment? Or do I put food on the table for my for my family? So obviously I choose food because that's more important. Because with the eviction moratorium, they can't be evicted. So they don't pay their rent. And during financial hardship like this, most banks are going to be more lenient when it comes down to your car payments. Uh, they'll let you delay your payments. They'll let you delay your credit card payments. So people are just basically racking up a big, huge nightmare that they don't even want to think about. And again, you're probably, you're probably telling yourself, you're like, I'm, a, I'm an influencer. I have my own business. I'm killing it. I'm doing well. But you know what? I've, heard, I've, I've seen it hundreds of times. And like I said, I've been in that boat when the money just kept pouring in hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, having all these nice toys and homes, thinking that this is never going to end. 2008, boom, gone, everything. And when you talk to millionaires, they say the same exact thing, just different instances. But nobody ever prepares themselves for being homeless. And you can't prepare yourself for being homeless because there's no plan B or C in places like United States or Australia, New Zealand, or even in England because everything is unaffordable. And then you ask yourself, well, I'll just go across this border. I'll just go to Latin America. Well, Latin America, 50 to 100 grand, that buys you still nothing. You don't want to live in Nicaragua. Don't want to live in Guatemala. You don't want, definitely don't want to live in like, in like uh, Venezuela. So, or Honduras. Fifty to hundred thousand dollars is going to buy you anything. In Costa Rica, Mexico. Yeah, maybe something, but you don't want to live in Mexico because you don't own a property. Just lease. And there's no opportunities. I'm going to say this again. In these Latin countries, there are no opportunities for you. Where a place like Thailand, if you are buying a home for fifty to hundred thousand dollars, you can still start all over again, and you can still make an income. You're obviously educated. You speak English. You can teach English. There's a huge demand for English teachers. There's a huge demand for fitness uh, professionals because health and fitness is very, very big here. So real estate. Yeah, you can sell real estate in other countries, but no other country in Latin America that has the opportunities like in Thailand. Like I said, if you look at the numbers, 2019, 37 million people came here to Thailand. Bangkok, Thailand, number one tourist destination, five years running, being out London, England. So because of the influx and the massive amount of people coming to this country, there's a lot of opportunities for you. Especially if you live in a big city like Bangkok. And especially if you have that entrepreneur spirit, that mind that just keeps going, your creativity, 
You're going to be able to find a new opportunity for yourself. You're just living in some podunk city with your thumb up your butt, hoping for something to come along. And that's what you do when you're in, in these, some of these Latin countries, these Latin beach cities. There's nothing there. Not even a movie theater in some of these places. It's like 10 or 20 or 30,000 people. So and again, if you are an individual, you have fifty dollars to $100,000. I wouldn't put in more equities. I wouldn't buy cryptocurrency. Don't know what's going to happen. Cryptocurrency, I, my only recommendation for cryptocurrency are for rich people that can afford to lose everything. And don't go buy precious metals like gold or silver. You have to remember, you have to really do your research. It's fact versus fiction. Reality versus the crap that you read online. You know, you read a lot of people, oh, I'm going to buy gold. I'm going to buy gold is surging. Gold is surging. But when you look at reality, buying gold, you're buying at the retail price. But when you're selling it back, you're selling at a spot price. It's lower. You're not making any money. And also, gold is not going to go anywhere and go and sell it. Not everyone is always going to buy it. Not everyone's always buying gold. And it, and it fluctuates. Cryptocurrency. So that's why I always tell people, if you're going to invest in things like cryptocurrency, precious metals, or diamonds, you should be rich. You should be that person that knows that if I lose everything, it's okay. But if you're just a middle class person, don't do that kind of stuff. It's just... First of all, you can't handle the volatility because if you're rich and you're in a cryptocurrency, let's say Bitcoin goes from 60,000 to 5,000, you're okay. It's okay. You're rich. You still have, you still have other millions in the bank. It doesn't matter. But if you're some middle-class schmuck, you're like, crap, I need that money. And you never know what kind of life event happens where, and it always happens, you bought crypto you bought bitcoin at maybe 30,000 and now it's at 50,000 but then a life event happens and then now you need the money and then now the cryptocurrency or that bitcoin is not 5,000 doesn't that always happen to people it always seems to happen to people same with gold so you can't stomach that kind of volatility but real estate you don't have that kind of fluctuations. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can live in it. So like I said, if you have fifty dollars to $100,000 and you are planning for your future and your future looks uh, okay, even, doesn't, even if it looks great, buy that piece of property that's free and clear that you can still use as a second home, as a vacation home, or you've rented out if necessary, but knowing that you have that asset, you have that home standing by, in, in that case, should everything fail. I mean, you know what's really interesting is that uh, Jamie Oliver, uh, the, uh, the UK chef, I used to watch his show, and he's brilliant, and uh, his popularity on TV, he basically overexpanded his food empire, his restaurant empire. He basically lost everything. And I and I think his losses were like close to a hundred million dollars. 
and you hear a lot of restaurateurs that have done that. And that and that um, Salt Bay guy, I mean, you should see the debt that he has. I mean, he has a ton of debt, and if if I were if I could short someone like Salt Bay, I would. That that dude is gonna go. He's gonna follow BK. I I believe he's expanding too quickly. Same with you know you look at companies like WeWork. Expanded too quickly, too much in debt, horrible and stupid and stupid management, stupid ideas. Um, just basically a con artist, and now look at WeWork, and and you look and you you just can't imagine. Obviously, some of these other companies that are looking on the verge of bankruptcy. So you never know. It doesn't matter how well you're doing now, how well you're doing yesterday, or how well you're doing tomorrow. But the thing is, nobody has a crystal ball of when this next pandemic happens, this next something that's going to happen. Where domestic economy or world economy is going sideways again, something always happens, and it always happens every seven to ten years. I mean, this pandemic has been certainly interesting.、Uh, billionaires increase their、uh, their income, I think, by five hundred percent, while the rest of the middle class people lost a ton of money and and are becoming to be homeless and losing their cars and. Maxing out their credit card, and and then you know the worst is yet to come, folks. The worst is yet to come. We haven't seen the worst. And every single successful multimillionaire I ever talked to, when I when we talk about our mistakes, because I'm very open and I'm very transparent, and and I'll tell people like you know I don't just bring it up, say hey I I lost a whole I lost millions before I don't. But when a conversation always comes to that point of mis- stupid mistakes that we've made financially, it does come up, and I do talk about it. And I would say one hundred percent of the millionaires I've ever talked to say can relate. That happened to me too. I made stupid mistakes like that. I lost millions and lost everything. Had to rebuild. Made millions. Had to rebuild. Made millions. Had to rebuild. And every single time, they became almost homeless. Where, if you were to lose everything, you could still come here to Thailand. You still have a home to live. Yeah, it's not as big as your five thousand square foot、uh, McMansion you used to have, but you still have a home. You're not living in a car. You can swallow your pride. You, you know, you're not living in someone's garage or someone's couch or that spare bedroom. You don't have to embarrass yourself and ask people to do that. Instead, you can escape here to Thailand, recuperate, regroup, and motivate yourself to rebuild your own empire, to rebuild yourself from the ground up. And you can do that here, because you have an asset that's free and clear. Nobody, very few Westerners, truly appreciate and understand the magnitude and the importance. Of having at least one piece of real estate that's free and clear, because you are raised as a very young child to increase your FICO score, increase your FICO score,、uh, get more debt, get more debt, so you can increase your FICO score, so you can buy more crap. And also everywhere is、uh, get credit, get credit, get credit. Don't pay cash for it because you can use that cash to buy something else. 
that, that's just wrong. That's just wrong thinking. And that's, that's thinking like that and a lack of financial education is the reason why Americans, your average American, are in a financial hurt that they have been in the last decade. They don't prepare for stuff like this. You know, a very long time ago, uh, when, you know, this financial or this real estate uh, boom was happening, my mom and dad said, uh, you need to, but you should really start buying stuff, um, start paying off your debt, start buying some homes and, and making sure they're free and clear in case something happens. And I did, which luckily I did. And there were, there were my homes overseas. And that was my saving grace. I lost everything in the United States. Lost everything. One minute, I'm worth $3 million. Next minute, in the States, next minute, I'm worth nothing. I'm worth a negative. <laughs> Man, that was horrible. That was horrible times. Yeah, that was horrible. But a great learning lesson. So I really did learn my lesson because that's never going to happen again. But thank God for listening to my parents where my offshore real estate in Latin America, other parts of Asia were free and clear because that's where I went. That's where I went to... Get clarity because I still had a place to live. I didn't have to go crashing my parents' couch. You know? Didn't have to do that. So my best advice to you is please do not think the opportunity cost. Oh, well, the opportunity cost. And I, and I hear it too. If I had fifty to $100,000, oh, I could have I bought uh, GameStop I could have rode the wave and made this. Oh, I could have bought Bitcoin when it's 25,000. Now it's at 55,000 or 60,000, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, hindsight is great, but what if it didn't turn out that way? What if GameStop did go down to zero? What if Bitcoin crashed? What then? Yeah, but if you would have bought an asset, a real estate asset for fifty to hundred thousand dollars, you still have an asset. You can live in it. You can rent it out. You can trade it. You can touch it, and you can feel it, and you can control it. So I really, please hope you take this into heart. Take this into consideration. Talk about this with your husband. Talk about this with your wife. Talk about this with your children. Because it is so important that you have one home at least paid off. And if you can't do that in the States, then at least have a home in another country where it's safe. I mean, safe to live. It's foreigner friendly. That means that you can buy real estate and you own that real estate 100%. It's titled to you, not leased, like Mexico and other countries. Also, the cost of living is extremely low where it's affordable even with little money that you have you can still live and do stuff and also the country has opportunities for you if you need to if you want to rebuild yourself rebuild your your business rebuild your financial future you have to make sure that country has opportunities for you that's one of the things about latin america about costa rica there are so many people uh, over the last geez almost 20 years when I say, I'm going to go to Costa Rica and I'm going to do this and this, I'm like, dude, don't go. You're not going to make any money. Oh, I am. I am. Yeah, I'm going to go down to San Jose. I'm going to go down to the beach area and I'm going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not going to make anything. You'll be back in six to nine months. 
And they do because there's no opportunities. There's no opportunities in Latin countries for everyday individuals like there is, especially in Thailand. Because as a foreigner that speaks English, you have a wealth of opportunities for you. And especially if you are into manufacturing, selling retail stuff, China is an hour and a half away. That means all your manufacturing, not just in China, but Vietnam. And also, in, remember, we do a lot of manufacturing here in Thailand too. It's right here in your backyard. There's opportunities. So there are homes you can buy. So if you're asking me again, well, what should I do with $50,000 to $100,000? What can I buy? That will buy you a one-bedroom or studio condo in an excellent location, somewhere like in, and I would suggest somewhere like in Bangkok or somewhere like in, somewhere like in Jiong Tien, you know, that beach city. And these two places are wonderful places to live. You can still make money. And you're close to everything. And the main thing is, you can have a piece of real estate with no debt. That should be your ultimate goal right now. If you are rewriting your goals because it's pandemic, because of a lot of things, a lot of bad things that have happened over the last year, over 2020, please put your number one goal, eliminate debt. And your number two goal, eliminate debt. And your number three goal, eliminate debt. And your fourth goal, lose weight, get healthy. Those should be very important to you. And these, and those are, those are things, eliminating debt, losing weight, being healthy. Those are two extremely important things that very few people put on their list. Very few people talk about. Getting out of debt relieves a huge burden from your shoulders and allows you the freedom to do whatever you want. When you don't have debt, you can say, you know what? I'm done. I think I'm just going to take the next five years off or the next year off. Or I'm just going to switch careers. Or I'm going to switch my business. It gives you that kind of freedom. And then when you're healthy, you know, mind and body, find, you know, you're physically fit, you feel good. It allows you to do the things you want to do physically. It's shocking to me when I see people that are even, you know, in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that are so extremely obese and overweight, but they're, they have a lot of money, but they still can't do anything. It's like, what's the point? You have all this money, but you, you physically can't do anything. You can't really travel because your knees hurt, your back hurts, you have diabetes, you have borderline diabetes, you have zero sex drive because you're so overweight. Uh, just a lot of problems. And, and again, I, I don't mean to offend anyone, but that's the reason why you listen to my podcast is I help people with reality check. That's why I'm, you know, I'm close to 50 but man, am I determined to never, ever be unhealthy. I work out six days a week. That's my goal. Six days a week. I try to hit seven when I can. Six days a week. 
I am religious to that. Because it's not just about making a crap load of money and having nice things. You have to be physically fit, physical, you know, like, and mentally to enjoy these things. You know, one of the biggest and the saddest things about Americans is how unhealthy they are. I mean, every year, it's, it's crazy when I come back to the States and the very first thing that I notice about Americans is just truly how large they are. And it's shocking. Every year, just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And please, folks, that should be your number one, one of your top five goals is to get healthy. And you can start. You know, it, it only takes 15 minutes. Take a walk in the morning time. Do intermittent fasting. That means cutting out breakfast. Uh, Eliminating one meal with a protein shake. Cutting back on snacks. Cutting back on sweets. It's, and again, it's just a gradual time. Over six months, nine months, 12 months, you slowly losing the weight and you're feeling better. You know, there's one time in my life that was a little bit overweight. I was a lot overweight. I was 225 pounds. <laughs> and uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel good. I couldn't fit in any of my clothes. I looked horrible. looked like a fat little pig. My face was like, was like Charlie Brownhead. Because when, because when I get, when I gain weight, it just, you can see it in my face. It didn't feel good. I just did not feel good. But when I lost it all, I feel better. And I, like I said, I'm close to fit. I'm not patting myself in the back. But I'm in better shape than I ever was even in high school and college. I could run further run faster, jump higher, push more weight. I feel great. And it also feels good to be debt-free. And I hope that one day you will be debt-free. Because when you are, the freedom that you have for becoming debt-free and healthy, man, it opens up to a whole new world. And you know what the whole new world is? It's something very, very simple peace what I mean by peace is there are no worries one of the best coin phrases to come out of Australia it actually didn't come out of California it came from the Aussies and I use that phrase all the time which is no worries I love that phrase because when you are financially free debt free and you're healthy you have no worries because you have the freedom to do whatever you want my wife and I, if we want to go to the beach in one of our homes, one of our two homes, we just go. If we want to go to a one-star mission-rated restaurant, a two-star mission-rated restaurant, we just go. If we want to travel to another country, we don't have to plan for it. We don't have to save it for it. We just go. If I don't want to work for the next year or even 12 years, I don't have to. That's what being debt-free is about. And that's the freedom that you have with being debt-free. You know, you read a lot of magazine articles and books. Financial freedom. You know, creating multiple streams of income. Creating multiple streams of income is great. But with that also comes a lot of stress. So remember this. When you hear about multiple streams of income, it's basically tons of side hustles. 
You have one business here that is a dropship business, and then maybe you're an online influencer. And also in addition to that is maybe you're an Airbnb host and you have five or 10 properties. Yes, you have all this revenue come in, but you're not free. You're not free. You can't just pick up and go somewhere because every single day you have something to do. Uh, you have orders coming in. You have to create new videos. You have to create new content. You have to get it edited. You have to post it. Then you have to plan for the next set of, of content. And then if you're Airbnb host, you have to make sure. It's just there is a lot. But when you're just debt free, and what I mean is that you have at least one home that's free and clear, preferably two. Your cars are free and clear. You have no credit card debt and you still have income, that means you can do whatever the heck you want. Go wherever you want. And that's the one thing that's great about how my wife and I designed our life and designed our business. We can take three months off, six months off, 12 months off. We can do that. If, if I don't want to work today or next year, three, I don't have to. Because that's our business. Because commercial real estate all I really need to do is close one deal, maybe every three to four years. In my wife's business, uh, she has her own uh, professional, what is it, uh, consulting and training business. So she trains um, sales professionals and organizations. But if she doesn't want to do that anymore, she doesn't have to. And she can book, uh, she can book training sessions whenever she wants. And if she wants to put everything online, she can also do that too. And that's one of the things about your future is if you're looking at a stress-free future, your goal shouldn't, isn't just, obviously your number one goal is to eliminate all your debt and at least have a home paid off. But the thing is, is designing the way your income comes in. Like for, like for me, when I realize that real estate or Residential real estate, I, I had to do high transactions. High transactions to maintain the quality of life that I wanted. And high transactions also means a lot of stress. It means a lot of customers you have to talk to, a lot of potential buyers that are good and bad. Then you have agents that, 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 you know, that work for you, management issues, offices, and all that stuff. It was a high, high stress. And I, and I was doing, I was on the road doing seminars. I was training, um, you know, a lot of major real estate firms from Keller Williams, Coldwell Banker. I mean, you name it, all the higher ups about offshore real estate. Stressful job, extremely stressful job. Couldn't take any time off. But then when we made the switch to commercial real estate and also selling just luxury homes, all the stress was gone because I wanted to design a professional life where I didn't have to touch and feel and do everything every single day. Commercial real estate, like I said, all I need to close is one deal, maybe every couple of years. That's it, depending on the size of, depending on the size of the, uh, the hotel, the commercial property. Luxury real estate, all I really need to do is maybe sell one a year. Or maybe two a year. But living here in Thailand, 
if I was just focusing on luxury real estate, based on a low cost of living, all I really need to do is sell one million dollar home once a year. That's it. That's not that hard. So if you're if you're younger, if you're in your twenties and early thirties, look at the way you conduct your business. Look at the way transactions happen. Look at the way you earn your revenue. There are ways to change it so you're not as stressed. You know, when you look at the massive burnout rate of influencers, and you may not be aware of it, but Google it. These influencers, yes, they do very well, but they get so burnt out, especially as YouTube influencers, because of having the stress of having to create new content every single day. It's stressful and it's hard. They can't just take a break. But you can make changes in your business, in your life, to, should I say, is not be so stressed. So whatever it may be, whatever you do, I wish you the best. And I wish that you make smart decisions that is going to benefit you, not tomorrow, but 10 years and 20 years from now. And please do not be arrogant. Please do not think that you are doing so well and your business is so successful, you are literally untouchable. Failure is never going to happen because it does happen. Anything can happen. Please prepare for your plan Z. If you're not doing it the way I have suggested it, do something to prepare Should one day you lose everything, where are you going to live? Are you going to have a home? Are you going to be homeless? Are you going to be, are you going to, are you going to have future opportunities? Are you going to have enough money for food, for utilities? How about transportation? If you lose everything, you mean lose your car, how are you going to get around? Here in Bangkok, you don't need a car. Public readable, cheap, transportation everywhere. And you can have a great meal for a dollar. Even a double cheeseburger in Burger King now is like almost $2. That's a crappy double cheeseburger. Here for a dollar, I made order uh, Thai minced pork, basil minced pork with rice with an egg on top or a bowl of ramen or, and again, some sort of meat and rice dish. Uh, something healthy, something that's cooked to order. You can't have that. You can't have that anywhere in Western countries. And Latin America is getting more and more expensive. So choose wisely. And please don't think that bad things can't happen to you, especially when it comes down to your business. And always, always prepare for the worst. So thank you so much for joining me. And I'll see you in Thailand. Thank you.